The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us as we finish out the week together um, this Friday morning. Greatly appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day. And I hope this is an encouragement as we take just a few minutes today and continue through our journey uh, through the life of Christ according to Gospels, uh, Matthew's Gospel. So if you're following along, we are in Matthew chapter number 9, and we're going to jump in just look at three verses today um, as we continue, kind of finish up the today, Monday, finishing up chapter 9, moving on. Uh, but today we're going to look at a passage that I think is really fitting when it comes to the idea of what it's like when um, when we strive to bring the lost to Christ. Let me describe what I mean by the lost. I mean those who just have not found Jesus yet. Um, I think sometimes we as Christians who have been saved say in our mind we feel lost sometimes, and it's part of the journey. It's part of learning Jesus and how to hear his voice and uh, understand his word, things of that nature, and sometimes there's confusion. But in this reference, I'm speaking most specifically to what happens when those who don't have Jesus they don't understand what the Bible says. They don't have him as a savior, and they come to Jesus, and they get this uh, literally life-changing experience that you know starts and just as progressively works for the rest of their life. Uh, so we're going to look at three verses, and this in this situation, you have a man um, who has been demon possessed. He it results in the fact that he cannot speak, and uh, and because of that, and then you, at the end you see a bit of a crazy accusation pointed towards. Um, Jesus. And so you can see a lot of what's really relevant when you can see what it's like when someone is brought to Jesus. So let's look at these three verses and then we'll break them down. Verse number 32 of Matthew 9, as they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, saying, it was never like, it was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees said he cast out demons by the ruler of the demons. So the first thing you see is, it's interesting, in verse 32 we see, as they, the people went out, the disciples went out, they brought him, brought to him a man. I, I love the fact that you're not seeing a man who came on his own, he's a man who was brought to Jesus. And, and at, to, when I speak to the church at this point, I would say this is a principle that is something that we should adhere to. This is something that we can see that we, this is really how it should be. We bringing people to Jesus. Now, what does that look like? How do we approach that? It can be, it can be something as simple as some of you don't know, you spark up a conversation and you ask them about, you know, whether they know Jesus. It, that's the more, to me, what I'm learning, the more effective way is creating a relationship with people through which you can use to then witness to them. It could be neighbors, it could be people, um, businesses you go to and you're trying to get to know them and be able to ask that. It can be a friend you've invited to church. It can be you witness to them there. It can be you say, I'm nervous, I'm going to bring them to church, let them see it. Like Nathaniel was told, come and see. Um, so that's, there's almost multiple ways that you could go about doing that. Handing them, we have these invite cards. Hand them a card, it's got the gospel on it, and just let God take care of it. I think the thing is this, uh, there's not really one set way to say this is the only way and everything else fails. Um, one man told Dio Moody, I don't like the way you bring people to Jesus. And he said, well, how do you do it? And that person said, well, I don't. He goes, well, I like the way I do it better than the way you don't. I think that's the key. There's not really a set way. The key is just what opportunities 
does God bring before us, and are we taking advantage of them? So the first thing we see is that they were brought out by people who knew that, well, Jesus was needed in this man's life. But then we see the condition of the man. He brought him out. He was mute and demon-possessed. Now, it does not clarify that being demon-possessed is what made him mute, except for the fact that once the demons were released from his body, he began to speak. Uh, whether that was Jesus healing twice or a result of the demons, not every one that he came into that was demon-possessed had another physical ailment. We don't know. But in this situation, we know he was both demon-possessed and. And so now it was, you know, it, and I still think this happens today. Um, I do think personally, this is an American culture. Satan works a little more deceptively. You don't see the possession. It happens, but you don't see it in the way they would have at this time in, in other parts of the world. Um, I think he works in a deceptive way using other things, although this can happen. But really the principle I see here is the fact that when we come to Jesus, people need to come to Jesus as they are, with their struggles, with their, if we want to use the word baggage, with what has happened in their life to that point. Too many times we think we, we need to help them change or they need to become better. Jesus wants you to come as you are. And you should come as you are and realize that he has the answers. Religion does not, church does not, it is Jesus. He alone has that answer. And it's that relationship. And really, it comes in you being willing to accept and embrace the forgiveness that Jesus offers. And then you can begin to see that healing power. So he came like that. Then it says in verse 33, when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. It has never seen like this in Israel. So several things happen. You do see the healing that Jesus brought. This is spiritual healing. The demons were gone. This man had now been healed from his oppression, his possession. Immediately, you see other physical ailments. Again, we don't know if the demon possession was a result of it, but now he can speak. Uh, and then other people marveled at this. Let me just tell you, and we don't always follow this pattern, but what I will tell you is when people come to Jesus, their initial need is spiritual. I, a lot of people say, if I come, I want to solve my financial problem, my physical problem. That's not the reason we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus because we have a spiritual need, a, an emptiness in our heart, and we need Jesus to fill that. So that's what we come to Jesus for. And then once we've done that, then I believe as Jesus begins the process of what we call progressive sanctification, day by day, growing us and teaching us and developing us to be more like his son, that we will see other things in our life that he will help us with addictions and struggles and fears and all these other things. He'll begin to bring healing too. So Jesus does more than just give us salvation. He, he gives us a beginning of a brand new life and a lot of healing that can come with it if we allow him to do work in our life. But then we also see that the world marvel. I'll be honest with you. To me, there is nothing more exciting than to see someone who comes to church uh, whether we use the word lost or, or searching is really the word. They come, they bring all the battles of the world with them. And then years later, or even a year later, I had one not too long ago, uh, she came to me and she's like, I've been in church for a year, and, I, and she's, I don't think I've changed much. And I told her, I said, I don't think you realize how much you've changed. And that's the thing. It's exciting to see how God progressively just works in the heart of people, and they just become like him. And literally taking people, the world would say, I don't know about that person. And Jesus says, well, I can make them beautiful. I can make them like my, like, I can make them like myself, as Jesus would say. It's amazing in the world, and it's something, I'm telling you, that the world needs to see, that it baffles the world. But it, it's amazing when we in a church see it. Then he says in verse 34, the Pharisees said he cast out demons by the rulers of the demons. So the last thing you're going to see is when, when you're doing the work of the Lord, there's always going to be criticism. In this case, it came from religion, right? So 
this woman finds healing. I don't maybe, and I'm, I'm going to conjecture here for a little bit, is it possible that the, they'd gone to the religious leaders and they were unable to, to give her the healing, give this person the healing, um, this man a healing, and bring that out? Was it possible? And so therefore, they felt prideful and they had to make fun of Jesus. I, I don't know what the reason was behind it, at least according to this passage. Um, what we can see, though, is there's, if you if you begin to see God work, there's going to be people who will criticize. It might be someone in the church that Satan's put there that wants to criticize, and maybe someone who just wants to criticize you, and they're going to use it. It doesn't matter how it comes. It's going to come from the world. It's going to come from the lost. Um, but here's a simple point. It doesn't matter. Don't be surprised when it comes. Don't be overwhelmed when it comes. Just keep going. And you keep your eyes on Jesus. In this situation, the Pharisees were stating something, and, and this is not that this is this will not be the first time. It will be another time that the religious leaders make the same accusation, and then the next time Jesus responds to it, and you simply, you know, can how how's divided amongst us? You know, you can't. It'd be foolish. You talk about the idea to be foolish that Satan would do this. And so, it, one of the things I've learned about criticisms, whether they be personal whether they be towards church. When you listen to the criticisms, they're often very foolish. There's very little logic behind it. And so don't get dragged into arguing and defending and, and, may, and trying to prove something when you're arguing that level of foolishness. So that's what Proverbs says, answer not a fool in his folly. You're not going to prove those people wrong. If somebody's willing to make an ignorant criticism like this, they're so far gone, they don't want to hear the truth. So only the Holy Spirit can change that mind. Don't get upset. Don't try to defend it. You're not going to change their mind. I've tried, and I have regretted it. So at this point, just embrace the truth. Keep going forward. Let the Holy Spirit work in their heart. He can, but try to defend yourself and get upset. It doesn't solve anything. And so just accept the fact that sometimes you're going to hear things, and it's just not, you're not going to change their mind. Keep going forward for Jesus. Love them anyway and see how God can do the work that we can. Thanks again for joining us today as we finish two thoughts. One... Um, if you're not saved, this is the passage is for you. You can come as you are, and Jesus will bring you that healing. Two, as a church, may we be sensitive to any circumstance God brings our way, where we might be a tool. You know, some plant, some water, God gives the increase. We might be a tool to bring people to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again on Monday.